um, God's in charge. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, if you found it, stand with me please. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, to speak to us this morning. I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, that you'd enable me to preach this message. God, I want you above all to be glorified. I want us to be changed. I want us to be conformed into your image. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So God, I ask you, do your work. I pray that you would remove the distractions. And Lord, I ask you to help us to focus. I pray, Lord, that you would not allow the devil to steal this moment. We claim the promise of the Scripture that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Lord, speak to us this morning. Have your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Thank you, church. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject of being Romans 12 Christians. Now, if you'll allow me for just a few moments, I want to take you through the book of Romans quickly. A real quick outline. Chapters 1 through 3 deal with Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, convincing everyone is a sinner. The moral person, the upright person, everyone... Romans 1 through 3 teaches that all are sinners. Romans chapter 4 and 5 teach justification through faith alone. Chapters 6 through 8 deal with sanctification and reckoning ourselves dead to sin. Romans chapter 9 through 11 deals with Israel. It's very clear. He's talking about the nation of Israel and the, their future. And we come to chapter 12 and cha verses 1 and 2 of chapter 12 are a pivot point in the book of Romans. He has given us weighty and heavy doctrine for the first 11 chapters. And now on this axis or on this pivot point, He begins to show us how that we can articulate those doctrines into everyday practical living. And it's so important that we understand this. If I had to choose, since I've been saved, a verse or a, a couple of verses that have impacted me the most, I would say these two verses. I have studied them at length and um, I'm convinced that this has been a guiding principle in my life and I thank God for it. There are three commands this morning in this scripture. Number one, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Number two, be not conformed to this world. And then the third command is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what Romans 12 Christians are all about. But I want to teach it to you this way. Unless you understand the second and the third, you'll never get the first. If you understand what it means to be not conformed, and you understand what it means to be transformed, you'll understand how important it is to present your body as a living sacrifice. So this is what I want to help you to see. And so I have to start with this command of be not conformed to this world. The Bible teaches us there are certain motives for the world. The world has a separate motivation than we as believers. If you were to look in your Bible in 1 John chapter 2 
In verses 15 through 17, he'll have it on the screen, we are told, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, notice this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The motive of the world is to have you consumed with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Every sin emanates from those three. Some people say, well, he or she is just greedy, or he or she has this other sin. Those are just symptoms of the real sin. The real sin is yielding to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That is it. That is the motivation of the world. If you would just be careful today, when you go home and you climb into your recliner and you turn on the television, if you would be careful to just pay close attention and notice how the advertisement world knows this. All the ads are geared toward the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Everything is geared toward it. Because that is the motivation of the world. But let me show you something else. He also gives us a picture of the characteristics of the world. You know, there are some people who tell us that mostly the world is good and there's just some evil people. Well, the Bible tells something totally different. The Bible says there is none good, no, not one. The world is mostly evil and the only good in the world is Christ in us, the hope of all glory. If you were to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, we have a snapshot of what the characteristics of the world are. Know this, this know in last, time, last days, perilous times shall come. Last days, from the time that Jesus ascended until the, He comes back the second time. All that in between, the last days. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Boy, this is very apropos, right? We live in the most narcissistic, self-centered society we've ever lived in. Covetous, boasters, proud. May I say to you, don't buy into the proud, pride and proud. Don't, don't, that's not good. Don't advertise pride and proud. The Bible says, don't do that. But they will be proud, they will be blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Have you ever noticed the way kids talk to their parents? Man, when I was growing up, if I did that, I was in trouble. You know, I, I had, I've gotten some whippings, and then I've got some whoopings. You know what I'm talking about? I know what a whipping is, but I tell you, a whooping is much more severe than a whipping. If I talked to my parents the way some kids talk to their parents, man, I would, I would be in big trouble. It's a characteristic of the last days. Notice unthankful, unholy, and we're going right on to the next one. Without natural affection... Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Notice what he says next, what we're supposed to do. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. They have the t-shirts. They have the bracelets. They've got the smoke and the fog machines. But they don't have the power. That's the characteristic of the world. 
That's why the Apostle Paul says, this doctrine means nothing to you if you're being conformed into the image of the world. Jason is going to help me this morning. He's my lovely assistant. Vanna was not available, so I settled for Jason. I have something here, and can everyone... I'm trying to be careful in this new carpet. Can everyone see what this is? What is this? It's jello, right? Jello. Someone said, that's a heart. No, that's not a heart. That's jello in conformed into the image of a heart. Now, I want to give this jello to Jason, and I'm going to give him this. Now, you know why I'm giving it to him. I'm giving this plate. I want you to get all that heart out on there, okay? Can you do it for me? Don't eat it. Just, we're not going to be that long. I know some people bring a snack to church. Let's see. Let's get. Let's see. Oh, oh. What? Wait a minute. All right, let's see. All right, now dump it up and see. Oh, that's not good. Oh, okay. Now look here. This is what I want you to see. Can you see this? This is the idea, the word idea of being conformed. It means being poured into, and whatever that you pour into, you take that shape. But here's the problem. Christians, we're pouring the world into us. And here's what I want you to see. Jason is my witness. Here, you hold that. That does not look like a heart, does it? That does not look like a heart. Now, you deer hunters will say, oh, yeah, it does. But we're not, that's another subject. But listen, I'm sorry. I, squirrel. But what I want you to see is this. What I want you to see is this. The idea of being conformed into the image of the world is that we're pouring the world into us and rather than the world looking like us, we are looking like the world. And no matter how much we try to get that out, it's still there. It's still there. Now you say, I don't... Thank you. I don't know what in the world we're going to do with this. But we'll Oh, thank you. I just see the deacons are like, <clears throat> you know, that black raspberry on the carpet is not good. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. Now, catch me with this. The longer we are in the world, the more we are becoming like the world rather than the world becoming like us. Now, I've got to say some things as your pastor that I don't want to say, but I've got to tell you. Guys, let me tell you something. You say, we're not being conformed into the image of the world. I've seen your Facebook posts. And I'm going to tell you straight right now, sin is sin, and it's not funny. The problem we're in today is because we are being conformed. Our heart is being made mush because we're laughing at things we shouldn't be laughing at. We're looking at things we shouldn't be looking at. They're... I'm so mad at the devil right now, I could spit nails. We, we Christians have to understand that if we're going to be Romans 12 Christians, that we cannot be being conformed to the image of the world. Why? Because all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And they're not of the Father. They're of the devil. And we like it, and we post it, and we share it. And then we come in and teach our Sunday school class. God help us. We're being conformed into the image of the world, thinking things are funny and it's not funny. We've become so politically minded that 
We focus more on being a certain particular, particular part of a political party rather than being right with God. And our hearts are mush. They're mush. We can't be transformed by the renewing of our mind because we're full of the world. We're full of garbage. Not a one of us in here, if one of the, the devil and the world came and took our kids, not a one of us wouldn't go after them. We'd just sit back and say, oh, it'll be alright, it'll work it out, time will t-. No, I'm going to go fight. Reminds me of David. David came and he saw the Philistines hunkered down and his brothers who he looked up to and they're all hiding from these, this big giant. And this little red-headed ruddy boy comes and he comes out there and he sees what's going on. He's bringing them lunch. And all his heroes are cowered down like yellow-bellied cowards. And he said, I'll go. And Saul said, you can't go. You're just a kid. And David said, I'll go. He said, listen, I was keeping my father's sheep and a, a bear came and got one of those sheep and I went out and I smote him. A lion, excuse me, came and got one of those sheep and I went out and I smote him. And I killed him. I'm not in to watching church people be pulled out by the enemy. We're going to fight. We're going to fight for them. And so Saul says, all right, here, put on my armor. And he puts on his armor and he can't move because he's a little fella. And Saul was real tall. (laughs) I like when the short guys win. Amen? And so... He says, forget this, take this off. And he goes down, and he goes down to that brook, and I stood there in that brook, and I look over here where one army was on one side and the other army was on the other side, and I gathered up some stones. And then I picked up those stones, and they were smooth. You know why he picked up so many stones, don't you? Because he had brothers. Goliath had brothers, and he's one of those guys, you've got to fight one, you've got to fight them all, so I'm going to take them all out. And so he picks up that stone and he walks out there and they laugh, what? You're just a kid. And you come to me, this big bad dude, and this is my paraphrase, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And son, he didn't have a shot at missing. You know why? Because he had the power of God on his life. There was no threat of him ever missing because he had the power of God on his life. You want to know why we're missing Christians? Because we have hearts that are mush because we're being conformed into the image of the world. It's interesting that he tells us this and he goes on to Romans 13 and says, as a result of being Romans 12 Christians, Romans 13 teaches us that you and I will be good, productive members of society, law-abiding citizens. Why? Because we are Romans 12 Christians. He goes to chapter 14 and he says, we will not be a stumbling block to someone else. Even though we have freedom and liberty, we will not cause someone else to stumble. Yet today we live in this society that's so me-centered. I don't care what people think of me. They'll just have to get over it. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Let me tell you something, guys. Our hearts are being conformed into the image of the world. And it's not pleasant. It's not producing fruit. It's not doing anything for the kingdom of God. It's hurting our cause. This uh, word, there's a word, is used one other time. Would you pull it up for me? 1 Peter 1, 14. As obedient children, 
Here's that word again in the Greek. It's only used two times in the Bible. It tells us not to be conformed. Here he says, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. He says, before you were saved, you were ignorant. He's not insulting you. When he says ignorance, it means uninformed. You were uninformed. You didn't know any better. But now that you're saved, you know better. You know better. I don't struggle with this word of the things that I don't know what they mean. I struggle with the things I know what they mean. I can't understand it. You don't want to understand it. Your heart's mush. You're taking in the world. And you can't get it out of you. God's got to cleanse you of it. How does that happen? Well, He says, be not conformed to the image of this world. And He uses a different word. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be new. Be changed. Be different. This word is the same word that's used in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 2 of Jesus of the transfiguration. You know what happened to Him on the Mount of Transfiguration? God revealed His glory and the disciples got to see it on the Mount. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Christians, we're supposed to be getting better, not bitter. We're supposed to be getting better, not staying the same. We're supposed to be being transformed. It is a continual action, continual process, progressive sanctification. The longer I'm alive, the more I'm like Jesus. How's that happen? By the renewing of our minds. By the renewing of our minds. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23, it tells us this. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Guys, your mind, my mind, is Satan's battleground. Anybody ever have anything crazy going through your mind? Now I might ask some of you, does anybody have anything going through your mind? But I'm serious about this. Our minds, Satan's battleground. And a lot of our battles are lost or won in our mind before they're ever articulated into our life. We need some Romans 12 Christians that will stand up and draw a line in the sand and say, I will not cross it. My mind is like Jesus. Let this mind be in you that was in also Christ Jesus. Who though, being in the form of God, thought it robbery. You know what he did? He humbled himself and took on the likeness of man. Sinful man. Let this mind be in you. Your mind is Satan's battleground. Would you draw some lines and say, we're not going to watch this. We're not going to support this. We're not going to participate in this. We're not going to laugh about this. I was with a fella the other day, and, and I, you know what? I've come to the realization. I'm 48. I don't know how long I've got on this earth. I'm healthy. I feel good. But I'm going to go to heaven one day. And the older I get, I don't know if it's age, or I'm just becoming crusty or something. I have come, my new mantra is, if God is pleased, I don't care who's displeased. People say all kinds of things, and you're supposed to be kind and meek and not the same thing. I was somewhere the other day, and the guy dropped that bomb in front of me like it was nothing. He said, oh, excuse my French. I said, brother, that's not French. That's not French. 
And I tell you, we got to start calling out sin. Well, you can't do that. People won't like you. Well, whoop de doo They probably don't like you anyways, just like your face. Let's be honest with you. They like you as long as you got something for them. Teenagers haven't figured that out yet. One day they will. Oh, that ain't even on the note. Hey, I don't even foot. I got the Bible. Listen to me. The Word of God tells us. I think it's Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten and verse five. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bring in, bring it into captivity, every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Preacher, I can't do it. Paul said, do it. You can do it. I just can't control what I think. You don't want to control what you think because your heart is mush, because you're being conformed into the image of the world. No, Pastor, I want to be transformed the renewing of the mind. How many of you would tell me you spent two hours this week watching television? I'm raising my hand. How many of you could say, I spent more than five hours watching television? Don't... Alright, I'm not going to embarrass you. Now how many of us could say we spent more than five hours in the Word of God this week? There's our problem. We're not being transformed. We're being conformed. And we're being conformed because we're putting twice as much jello of the world in our mold of our minds. And it's going to take a lot. It's not going to come out in one big clump. He's going to have to dig it out of there. And so many Christians wonder, well, I just don't know why this is happening, that's happening, this is happening, that's happening. I'll tell you why. Because you've been conformed to the image of the world and the God got to get that out of you. Amen. You're full of mush. He wants to do a work in your heart. And you've got all this in your heart. And you're not willing to surrender it. You're not willing to give it up and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Taking every thought captive. This is hard for me and I joke about it. But I do have ADHD. And I do struggle with it being gone sometimes. And someone's talking to me and all I see is... And I'm over here thinking about... Bass or something. Crappie. And they're like... Praise God. Praise God, I'm about to lose my foot. Oh, my bad. Uh, You know. Praise God, you got two. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just... And we're that way. And we've got to learn to take every thought captive. Man, I'm not going to think that garbage. Hey, listen. Stinking thinking leads to stinking living. And the devil wants to corrupt our minds. And we think it's all right. Someone comes to you and says, Hey, let me tell you about sister so-and-so. Say, I don't want to hear unless she's here. You take that thought captive. I don't want to know about it. There are certain things I don't want to know the answer to. God's going to take care of it. Why? You know, because I don't want to be having to stand there and listen to it and it form, and then I have to take that thought captive again. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You're not going to be able to prove that until you stop being conformed and start being transformed. And now I take you back to the beginning. He says this, I want you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy. 
acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, don't get lost in this. Please hang with me just a few more minutes, and I'll land this plane. I strongly urge you, he says. It's more than I recommend. I'm pleading with you. That you, by the mercy of God, present your body a living sacrifice. You know what J. Vernon McGee said about living, the problem with living sacrifices? The problem with living sacrifices is they like to crawl, they like to crawl off the altar. And he's, tr- he's right. He's right. We lay things down, we pick them back up. We lay things down, we pick them back up. We lay things down, we pick them back up. And the reason we do that is because we're conformed to the image of the world. We're not being transformed by the renewing of our mind. If we were being transformed by the renewing of our mind, every time we have to submit or surrender something to the will of God, we would do it. Why? Because it's reasonable. And that scripture, holy, means pure. Acceptable means well-pleasing unto God. Which he says is your reasonable service. That simply means... Your rational or reasonable, the word service is actually worship in the Greek. We think about worship. This is worship? No. God says it's when you're holy, acceptable, pleasing unto God. That's real worship. That's real worship. When your life is lined up with my will and you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that is your reasonable Worship. Now things come into my life. And I can surrender. Why? Because I know what the Word of God says. Guys today playing with the Word of God, and they're, they're shock preachers is what they are. They, they, they go out on the edge of the fringe of Christianity and throw something out there so they get your interest. And then they, they teach you, and you're so confused by the end, you don't even know what they're teaching. You know what the Bible says? God's not the author of confusion. Romans 14 says not to cause your brother to stumble. Jesus said it would, if you cause your brother to stumble, it would be better for you to hang a millstone around your neck than to cause one of those little ones to stumble. So what do we do? How, how, how can we, how can we actively Obey these three commands. Well, I'm going to give you five things real quick. That's all introduction. This is the sermon. Number one, you have to be honest about it. You've got to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge it. You know, some people don't want to be fixed. They don't want to be made well. You know why? Because it, to be made well, they have to acknowledge there's something wrong. And they don't want to acknowledge something's wrong. When we need to come to the place in our lives where we say, listen, I know something's wrong and I need to get it right. I need to get it right. We'll never be able to, to be actively walking in the, as a Romans 12 Christian, if we're not ready to acknowledge that we're not. Number two, we have to confess that we're not. Confess is not just saying, oh, Lord, forgive me for this, you know, forgive me of all my sins. As I lay down and go to sleep, no confession is saying the same thing about the, the, whatever the sin is that God says about it. God, it's wrong. God, I'm looking at things on the internet I shouldn't look at. According to you, that's fornication, that's adultery, that's wrong. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. 
Guys, it's not funny. Our kids, it's a constant battle. Any of you kids that have young kids growing up, it's a constant battle letting them play games with their friends and not being subjected to the evil of the world. I am told by Dr. James Dobson, I don't know it, he didn't tell me personally, he said it on his broadcast, that internet pornography is more addictive than crack cocaine. Little kids get it in their mind and it sears in their mind and it sears images and it messes their lives up. We have to confess and stuff like that's wrong. Would to God some Christians would confess some other things are wrong too. Things that maybe you may think you have freedom to do, but it causes someone else to stumble. It's wrong. Oh, and let me just say this. There are some sins of omission. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. If you know to do good and you don't do it, it's sin. Sin. Confession is saying, God, I know I should have done this. I know I should have been here and I know I should have been faithful, but I haven't been faithful, God, and I'm coming to you and I'm confessing that I'm not faithful. That's confession. Number three, we have to repent. Something has to change. We have to change. We can't continue to go down the same road. Confession means nothing if it's not followed up with sincere repentance. Repentance is not a one-time thing that happens when you get saved. It's every day of the life of the believer as God brings something to us that we change from what we think to what He thinks. That's repentance. Number four, we have to stop pouring the world's madness into our minds. The world's mush. We don't think like the world. We don't act like the world. Because the world is the enemy of God. And they don't have to be in the world. They can come and be on the winning side through faith in Jesus Christ. But we've got to stop it. Just stop. Number five. We have to start renewing our minds with the Word of God. But now listen to me. None of this will happen until you present your body a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, well-pleasing. This is well-pleasing to God. You're not going to stop being conformed and start being transformed. But you said it was the other way around. No, I'm telling you this is a pivot pin. It goes both ways. No surrender. No yielding to the Holy Spirit. See, what we want God to do is we want God to fix all of our problems and then we live our life the way we want to. God, I want you to fix my problems and then I can take it from here. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard in my life. If you could take it from here, how are you in the mess you're in right now? Just saying. What's, guys, we need to step up and become Romans 12 Christians. Enough playing church. It's time that the church of the living God... Stop playing church. That we present our bodies as living sacrifice. Holy. Pure. Pure. Not perfect. But no one can make an open accusation. Because your life is yielded to God. Acceptable. Well pleasing to God. Which is our reasonable worship. Paul says this is reasonable. It's standard Christianity. It's not... Super Christian. 
It's normal, Christian. But our Christianity has become so conformed to the world that normal Christianity looks like super-Christianity. And we keep opening up the mold of our heart and letting them pour this junk in there. God rebuked the children of Israel many times for their hard hearts. Hearts that had been infiltrated by the world. And I stand before you today and I ask you, would you join me? I'm not perfect in this. I preach this message to myself. Would you join me in saying, listen, I want to be a Romans 12 Christian. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be one. That's what God wants. Would you bow with me please for prayer?